Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition, back in the saddle. He is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall, back from wandering around in the uh, southern Appalachian Mountains. Uh, Zach, I, I, my soul is refreshed. I'm, I'm a Titans free agent th- version of Thoreau at this point on the show. That's how I feel. I've touched some grass. I've looked at clouds. Maybe I yelled at them, but we're back and better than ever. Special thanks to Stoney Keeley from the Sobros Network for hanging out with you guys on Monday. So let's have a big show today. All right. What is next? What's coming up next? What are the next moves for the Tennessee Titans after legal tampering has taken place and some new names have shown up? Some old names have left. Uh, we're going to get to all of that, of course. Uh, you have an interesting theory about some defensive players in the draft that you think Titans fans need to hear. So we'll tell you guys about that. Kevin Byard, of course, all throughout the, the rumor mill. Uh, wh- what's our heat check here on the glow up versus the, the blow up? For those that do not know, the glow up is Zach Lyon's term for uh, like, you Rain know, you go, yeah, you go to the salon, you get a you get a glow up. You know, they get the rosters getting a bit of a glow up with Rand Carthon in charge. Has the front seven improved? with a couple of departures and a couple of guys that have shown up that Rand has decided to bring in. The projected offensive line, what does that tell us about the Titans' strategy of building a roster? Uh, draft strategy as well, how it's impacted by all these free agents things, and of course, uh, just some general free agency fallout. But make sure you check out our great and wonderful and amazing sponsor, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. And Zach, there is news matriculating. Uh-oh, matriculating. That's a that's a word not often used. I like it. it. Yes, it, it's uh it's basically Todd Downing's first down offense is what the news is doing, slowly but surely working through the pipes, and we will have an announcement for you guys on Monday. How about that? It, it it's going to it's slowly working like Todd Downing's offense, but it's going to end up being Art Smith's <laughs> offense. Yes. So let's make sure we clarify what's what's happening. I mean, yes. like you, you really you really like big news Todd Downing well, like, no, that, that does not coalesce. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. The, the the breaking of the news is like Todd Downing's offense. Yeah. The news itself will be like Johnny Smith paired with Art Smith. There you go. Just a couple of Smiths. Except just... for the new Johnny Smith, Art Smith pairing, that will which will amount to nothing. I don't know. They love each other. They're very close. They have well, lots that's of That's fine. I mean, you know, still not going to mean anything. <laughs> um, so if you want to get into the comments, of course, you have any questions for us, Donnie's already in there hanging out. So make sure you jump in there. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Subscribe to stackingtheinbox.com if you want to track all this free agency stuff and you want to know where all these players rank, where they have their PFF grades, how well they run block, how how well they pass Brock. Pass, pass Brock. Pass Brock. <laughs> how well they pass Brock. <laughs> Go check out Stacking the Inbox. Of course, he's got all kinds of cool, cool cheat sheets in there for you guys to see ranking it by position, uh, grading out, contract status for all the Titans players, where they're at, all that good stuff. And uh, so make sure you subscribe, stackingtheinbox.com, football and other F-words. I know you covered a lot of this stuff with Herndon uh, on this week's show, so go check that out. We will have a Titans Stadium argument on Lamestream Sports coming up tomorrow. Uh, a city councilman who is leading the charge against the Titans Stadium is going to make the case as to why he's doing that. Uh, next week, we're going to have somebody on who's pro-stadium, and we're going give to you, give you guys all the information you need for both sides to try to make the decision for yourself. So make sure you check out all the other great shows across the network. Oh, okay. I got it all out. Good to see you, Zach. Good to see you. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to go because I, I wonder. You look healthier and refreshed. Like you literally have been out maybe away from your phone a lot this weekend. And I think that uh, it shows. You're glowing almost. And I, not, I, not because the window, the sun being in the window, but the window over here is always yeah. well, well, well lit. Um, no, I, 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 I am one of those people that needs to put the phone down and walk into the woods to like find, refine myself a little bit, especially when you take your little kids and they love it out there. So we were wandering around rock hopping in the mountains of Appalachia and, and they had such a great time. I, I was out there all day, like Sunday and Monday, no idea what was happening in free agency. No idea who the Titans were, were or were not signing or who they let go. And when we got back into town, I'm just like a frenzy of of activity, <laughs> kind of like kind of like in the Welshley Arms Motel with Will Ferrell below the surface. There's a frenzy of activity. I got back and I start trying to organize all this stuff. And sure enough, I go listen to football and other F words and I get a little bit more information. I listen to the Paul Karski podcast. I get a little bit more information. I form my own opinions and I'm ready to go today on the show. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Uh, Stony Keeley's in the chat as well. Um, he will not be blocked. I will not block you, Stony. I will not do that. I can ignore you, but I will not block you. Um, all right, free agency fallout. 
We've had some moves, not a lot of big ones by the Tennessee Titans. Some small stuff. We'll get to what that means for the offensive line in the front seven. No big name targets yet. Uh, I don't think that was expected of us. But in general, from the first four days of strategy here, what should Titans fans take away be from the strategy so far from Rand Carthon? Out with the old and weak and in with the new and strong. I mean, that's pretty much what it is, right? I mean, you got rid of uh, Taylor Lewan, who was really old and constantly hurt. And then you brought in Andre Dillard, who is younger, more explosive, almost a carbon copy of Taylor Lewan from an athletic standpoint. Uh, his build and everything, you know, are kind of look the, you're probably going to look the same out there for the most part. Um, and then you take out David Long, let him go, and you let Nate Davis go. Both guys that we thought were going to be gone anyway. And if you weren't prepared, then you're just got your head in the sand and you're not listening to anybody. I mean, you're just like you're hearing like uh, the peanuts uh, teacher. Rah, 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 rah. And and apparently you're reading like Jim Wyatt's mailbag and like hieroglyphics. So you just like missed every sign that none of these players were coming back. And so they got rid of both those guys, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. guys for sure. I mean, like I think Mm. that right there just tells you everything you need to know about who that's about. And I think there we'll talk about later, but I think there's another guy who you're possibly going to start hearing some trade talk about later on, you know, this off season. Mm. But <laughs> all this, all this to say, and it's not Jeffrey Simmons. All no, this I was going to say, does his, does his last name rhyme with Alton? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all this to say is that they got guys that will play through in, will play through injury, specifically Aziz Alshai ear, who will play through energy. In fact, he has proven that he plays through injury, and in fact, he just basically loves to play the game. And they wanted fast instinctual guys and they got fast instinctual players and they got violent players because Brunskill is a violent offensive lineman, not just a name, but also in how he plays on the field. (laughs) Yes. His name sounds dangerous. There's no question about that. I also think they got versatility as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys are versatile. Um, There's also some tenders that have happened, which of course is what you do to restricted free agents uh, in an effort to protect yourself. Of course, Aaron Brewer, TR Tart, the the main two, Naquan Jones is another one. We're going to kind of go position group by position group because so far, Rand Carthon is clearly addressing the offensive line and the defensive front. We'll get to sort of what those two look like, but I, uh, to me in general, I'm not, I, I think your, your basic point of in, you know, out with the older, and maybe less durable and in with the younger and things that I know <laughs> with Rand Carthon, um, those that's the overall strategy, but I don't think we can learn anything yet from where he wants to go. Now, I think, again, we'll talk a little offensive line. We'll talk a little front seven, maybe picking in maybe some tiny tidbits of things that we can learn about how Rand Carthon wants to approach building a roster. But I think by and large, I think I, I saw some tweets over the week, uh, not, not very often after, basically Wednesday I started looking at Twitter again and I started seeing stuff and there's lots of sort of like, well, maybe it's a good thing. The Titans haven't done a whole lot of stuff. And it it does feel like we're just, we're just not there yet. We just haven't learned a whole lot about the strategy, the philosophy. We kind of know he wants to attach it from every different angle, but the moves he has made so far are, were largely very obvious. As you pointed out, I do think two years ago, if you had told people, Nate Davis and David long would have just been like, they're just going to let him go. I think two years ago, people would have been like, man, what happened? Like that, that kind of sucks. But they both had an injured year for long and a down year for Davis. And, you know, he's not worth $10 million or $30 million. And that's what they felt about Davis. I still think Davis is, a. I think, I think they're both solid players. They just not necessarily consistent or durable and they're not Rand Carthon guys. So I, but, but nothing he's done so far, Zach, in my opinion, gives us like a true, like, here's what's happening with the organization just yet. No. And that's what everybody wants to be the first to make the statement that whether something, none of these moves say whether glow up or blow up, and we'll talk about that in more in detail, but none of these moves say anything. These are moves you have to make because you made corresponding moves and all they've done is just fill holes. I mean, even Luke Gifford replaces Dylan Cole. Aziz Alshair replaces David Long. Daniel Brunskill replaces Nate Davis. Andre Dillard uh, replaces Taylor Lewan and RP. Arden Key replaces possibly Demarcus Walker, maybe Bud Dupree, but I think Demarcus Walker is the the better one to make the comp for. But all they've done is just fill up the holes that they created by letting players that we all expected to go. 
the funny thing to me is, is that all off season long, right? All that we have talked about, all that fans on Twitter have talked about, fans on Facebook have talked about, all the national media, the local media, everybody has constantly said this free agent class is the pits. I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's like a, the most mediocre free agency class to come out in a long, long time. And then free agency tampering day one on Monday. Oh, my God. It's like the reptilian brain came on, and they just totally forgot that this is a horrible class, and they see all these teams overpaying and and throwing out these big deals, and they're like, oh, where's the Titans? Where's the Titans? And I, I get it. It's frustrating to see your team kind of sit on their hands. But in the end, you have to understand that, first off, this is not a new phenomenon. There's other Taylor. Dallas Cowboys barely spent anything, and they're and they're – rich i mean like they're cash rich so like at at some point you just have to understand that the best thing to do and even adam Schefter uh, made a comment yesterday when talking about orlando brown on uh wednesday he said you're if you don't my advice to free agents by agents would be if you don't take your deal day one you are losing millions and millions of dollars as you wait and mm -hmm. essentially, this is where you're getting the good deals. This is where you're getting the one-year deals, two-year deals for really inexpensive and get productive players that, yeah, they're not exciting, right? There's not an exciting wide receiver. There's not really an exciting realistic option for tight end. You know, they're they're not exciting, but they're going to be players that make you better than what you were last year. I mean, they're players that are better than Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook-Kina and Cody Hollister and Chris Conley. There's better players than Jeff Swaim and Austin Hooper still available. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Nobody better than Jeff Swaim. Nope. So th there's still tons and tons of free agents out there that can help this team. And then there's the draft too. So it's the best approach yeah. for this team is not to go tie themselves to big-ass contracts because they're going to have a lot of cap space next year and still have good players under contract. So I want to look at the two big position groups that we've focused on so far, at least that Rand Carthon has focused on before, which is, so far, I should say, which is the offensive line and the front seven. We'll get to the front seven in a second, but let's start with the offensive line. And we've already talked about the replacements, right? Andre Dillard is signed. He's a former first round draft pick. Um, a couple of years ago, he's only 26 years old. He's played 43 games in three years, only nine games started. So has not realized his potential, did not start a game in 2022, six, five, three, 15, as you alluded to similar to Taylor Lewan athletically. Um, this is a guy that was a project coming out of Washington state, but is a really, really talented guy, but this is a moldable piece at a pretty, I guess it looks like it's about what three years, 29 million ish. If you believe reports, uh, hypothetically, that's probably two real years and like one fake one. <laughs> <laughs> basically is the phrase I'm going to use to describe that. Um, he is a potential fill get stop gap at left tackle who could start at left tackle. Should you not address that any further down the road? Um, so they've added him left guard is still a big giant question mark, depending on what they do in the draft. Aaron Brewer was tendered with a one year of course, second round tag, which means he, they, they really view him as a starting center at $4.3 million or, I think you and I probably agree on this are totally fine with letting him walk. If somebody offers him some deal, but that's probably not going to happen. I think they're, they're going to be fine letting them both walk, to be honest, if, if they're I agree. considering on the market of the deal. Cause if you, you got to think that if a team is coming in to offer either of these guys to, and sign them to an offer sheet, it's an out of this world deal that they, the Titans were like, I'm not really expecting that. And, and if the Titans get a second and a third or just a second out of the deal, then they're totally fine. Oh, but yeah. the four point the four point three million does say that right now Aaron Brewer is your starting center for the Tennessee Titans. So right now Dillard is your starting left tackle. Aaron Brewer is your starting center. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, who um, split sixty one games, twenty nine years old. Um, this is a he's guy. A beast. I love, he's a I, I've been all up on some Daniel Brunskill since like Rand Carthon <laughs> was announced as GM. Six five, three hundred pounds. He started every game. Uh, two, three years ago, and then last year, and then this past year was sort of a, an interchangeable piece. But again, also very versatile, could play a lot of spots. He's penciled in at right guard. And as of right now, of course, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer is your right tackle. So real quickly here, kind of rapid-fire fashion, I want you to tell me where they've gotten better or worse should this be the starting offensive ta situation. Well, so, I, I, Andre I, Dillard is better at everything than, than Dennis Daly. Dennis Daly, right, yeah. But, and, and, but compare and, him to Taylor Lewan at his yeah. age. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, he's not an all-pro Taylor Lewan because I think I think Taylor Lewan made all-pro when he was 26. So, I mean, he's obviously not going to be all-pro Taylor Lewan, but is he going to be Taylor Lewan from last year and the year before? Yeah, I think he could be. I mean, that that was a very average Taylor Lewan. Uh, for, for Taylor Lewan's standards, uh, I think that you're looking for him. That's where I'm at. Like, he's a left tackle. He is your stopgap, like you said, he, with the potential – to be a long-term solution at left tackle because he is relatively young. And on top of that, he comes from one of the best coached offensive lines in all of football. And he's been under one of the best Jeff Stoutland, one of the best offensive line coaches since he's been drafted. He knows a lot. He's, he's a veteran for maybe NPF. You're talking about a guy right there. that has a lot of potential to be at least average, but at max, a, a, a left tackle of the future. They, they couldn't put that dude on TV more during the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. the offensive line coach was on TV all the time. Um, I, I, I think positionally, right now, this group is better than what, they, than what was starting on the field last year. Oh, yeah. And, and no they're, question. They're no probably question a little worse in run, run protection, okay, or run so, blocking. So, so that's what I was going to ask you. Is but the you pass can coach that. So Aaron Brewer is clearly better run blocker than a pass protector, but you can hide at him more guard. at center. At, right. Yeah. But at, at center, you can hide the pass pro a little bit more. Brunskill graded out as a, a slightly better pass blocker, according to PFF last year, than he did run blocking. Andre Dillard graded out really, really, really well in the run blocking department, not as much in pass pro. Um, I guess my question for you is, do you see any... These are minor moves. These are to fill holes. So this is about filling your roster and your depth chart here. But do you see anything... Because I, I, I hear in my head all the time, uh, and I know you were talking about this on Twitter, um, who was the coach uh, that was on with the damn uh, Barstool guys that was talking about the, the myth? Oh, Kevin of, Stefanski. The, Kevin Stefanski was on, and I saw the clip, and he's like, no, 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 it's a myth. You don't need to run the football to set up the pass and play action. Someone should have fucking told Todd Downing that. <laughs> I agree. But what it, what it triggered in my head is draft or, or sign, whatever it might be, acquire pass protection as a known commodity mm -hmm. because th that's the that's still going to be your key to play action pass and then coach up the run blocking am i wrong to think that that's the strategy here or is that, that the should right be your strategy for drafting offensive linemen okay like osiris torrance i'm out on osiris torrance i don't care if he's a good run blocker or not if you're if you're too fat and slow to be a pass blocker i don't want you your your thing as and I, and I think this is where they're going. Your your philosophy as a team is to draft really great pass blockers who already know the fundamentals, who already have great technique, who already can stand on an island against some of the best premier pass rushing talent, and then coach up your run blocking because run blocking is not as hard to coach and to get yourself up to an acceptable level as pass protection and. At a certain point, the Titans just kind of got away from that. But, right. it, I mean, they kind of did, then they kind of didn't. Because, you know, what we've all kind of have let fall to the wayside, and I brought it up a couple of weeks ago, is that we still don't know where Dylan Radins' place is. And Jamarco <laughs> Jones is still on the roster. Is he going to be competing for left guard? Is he your utility player? Because we know he's played tackle and guard. He's cheap. I mean, like, if you cut him, it's like 1.6 mil, you save, right? So, like... Keep them on, you know, as cheap, and now you have depth. And you have depth as someone that's been in the locker room. I'm a little surprised. I'm Well, I won't say I'm a little. I'm a very surprised, but I am understanding. Right. So, you know, and Dylan Raiden is still around. Could he be your starting left guard? Like, that's something that people are not talking about right now. Right. And I know that he's injured, but we don't know where he's at in the recovery. But, hell, left guard is wide open. R right Dylan now Raiden's he's right. your starting left guard. Yeah, I mean, right now it would be Raiden slash Jones if you had to start right. a team. Like, no, I don't mean like if you had to if write you, a depth chart. If you started chart. tomorrow and everybody was healthy, right? Exactly. Be probably Raiden's would be your left guard. You know, this is not a conversation we've had yet, and we'll probably have a lot more time to do it. But I'm curious how much of a clean slate does Dylan Raiden's get? Like, I, I think that that's interesting to me because obviously it's 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 Rabel, yeah. but new front office, new offensive line coach. It always felt a little wonky, the, the Raiden's fit for some reason. And so I don't know if there's a, a bit of a clean slate with him. 
Um, I mean, I he's certainly he's a very athletic guy. Like he is yeah. a talented guy. Like I, I, I'm telling you, and I think I said this on the show last year, very first day of practice. I looked at Jamarco Jones and I was like, mm, yeah, I, I, that ain't it. But Raiden's looks the part always, always has for whatever that's worth. So yeah. I don't, I, don't know. Uh, well, I, I, th- I think he's good at clean slate because I mean, again, you got to listen to what Vrabel said, right? I mean, Vrabel meant when mentioning getting rid of the position coaches or bringing in new coaches, they wanted coaches that don't pigeonhole a certain player. And that's what it felt like about Dylan Radins. They it felt like they that Keith Carter, by the words of Mike Vrabel, felt that he wasn't good enough to be a starter and that he wasn't going to waste his time trying to get him to be a starter. Okay. And we have known from PK, his interactions thinks that Dylan Radins has no fire. And then we know that Keith Carter, according to Taylor One, runs practice and is way too strict. And and just like really beats down his players. I'm telling you, I think he's got a clean slate and I'm telling you if he's healthy and kind of he he's, he, he could be a starter and a solution. If you, they got to address the offensive line still through the draft. They can't just go in and it's kind of like wide receiver. You can't just go in hope, hoping and praying that either a Dylan Radins or B Jamarco Jones becomes the left guard yeah. or the if Raidens is the left tackle and Dillard's the left guard, you know, whatever you can't go in praying that that's going to happen. Like you can't go in thinking, hoping that it's Racy McMath and Kyle Phillips. That's why I've always said you need three wide receivers. Yep. So at this point you still have to draft and draft for the future, but this offensive line as a whole for what the team needs for going forward, it is better than what they had last year for 16 games. For sure. Well, and I'm looking at uh, Nate Davis's grades because I wanted to just double check, but Brunskill graded out significantly higher as a pass blocker uh, than Nate Davis did last last season, just comparably, and but but worse in a run blocking standpoint. So, but in that way, philosophically, you can make the case that that's an upgrade mm-hmm. on the pass on the pass protection at the right guard position. I think Ben Jones is too good to just say that Brewer's an upgrade. But he's probably an upgrade in the maybe in the running game. I, I don't. I, I don't think just, he's an upgrade in just durability. I mean, yeah. Let's be honest here. Aaron Brewer and Ben Jones up until last year was great, but Brewer is less of a liability to get a seat uh, concussion again, like Ben Jones was. I, and but he's younger, more athletic, faster, yeah. faster, yeah. faster. You are seeing them get faster, faster, faster. Like that's and, ultimately what this all is. And you're technically improving his pass blocking by moving in positions. Right. Like right. that's what's happening is you're increasing his his pass pro by moving him from guard to center. And, and Dillard, you're letting it, him get a lot because he doesn't have a lot of experience at no. center, but his body type is perfect for center. It's not but, great for a guard. It is fine for a center. And yes, you, you may have to hide him, but I really don't think you have to, because I think that once he gets comfortable getting off the snap, I think you'll be fine. And, and Dillard, of course, is an upgrade over Dennis Daly because you and I would be upgrades yes. over Dennis I mean, Daly. My at, God, at left, at left. So as of now, they've plugged a couple of holes. They've tendered Brewer, which probably means he's the starting center at this point. And they still could draft all three positions. Yeah. In the draft, but we'll get to strategy in just a second. Um, let's look at the front seven then. And and are, is this group a better group? With you have to include Harold Landry returning. Mm-hmm. Assuming Jeffrey Simmons doesn't hold out, TR Tart has also been tendered, which again, 4.3 million. Uh, I heard you guys on F words debating his his price point. Um, I, you know, I think probably six or seven millions about That's right. Kind of where I'm him. at. Um, I know my it's funny in your conversation, Mark Mike started about 10 million. He got down yeah, to six, seven, eight. Down. Um, but let's say it's seven or eight million. And if he gets offered that, the Titans are probably not gonna match it. I think he's a really, really important piece. He's a really good player. But if you are going to rely on development, this is why I love the Arden Key signing. If you are going to rely, and oh, by the way, Brunskill, a 49er. So mm-hmm. Rand Carthon knows all about him. Um, he also knows Arden Key from a year in San Francisco as well. He was behind. And he would have been the guy that would have scouted to bring in Arden Key, by the way. So, yep. I mean, that's yep. as player, director of player pro personnel, that would have been his job to say, hey, I think we could do something with this Arden Key. Chris Korshek, what do you think? And he's yeah. like, okay, yeah, I could do something with Arden Key. This is a pedigree player from LSU, a power five guy, big time recruit, a uh, third round draft pick who kind of bounced around a little bit with the, well, he went Raiders, 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 and then San Francisco, Jacksonville, but he's had 11 sacks in the last two seasons. Um, he played behind, of, of course, 
lots of pressures played, and especially yeah. against the Titans, played behind Josh Allen and and uh, Trayvon Walker last year for Jacksonville. So not only do you sign a piece to help with depth after losing Demarcus Walker and Bud Dupree, but you also take a depth piece away from a division rival. Um, and the deal doesn't seem, it seems like, I don't know what, I don't know what's come out yet, but it's probably a two year prove it deal with a lot of escalators. We haven't really seen it yet with the numbers are. Hasn't I, missed a game the last two seasons. Exactly. 17 and 17. Uh, only three games started, but that's pass rushing is in a ro- as a rotational piece. I, I guess Tart's interesting. If somebody offers him the moon, you take the draft pick. We're going to get to the glow up, blow up thing here, but part of their strategy with the with the tendering of Brewer and and date and um, Tart is to say, look, if somebody wants to offer him a lot of money, we'll we'll take the draft capital and we'll be continue to to draft young players. What's the Lamar Jackson situation, right? It's like, okay, you think your market's worth more than what we're offering you because like NWI who turned down his offer, you know, that they according to Paul Kaharski, which they were like, well, we're just not even a waste tender in you <laughs> because right. we know there's no market. They kind of get a sense that, hey, they may have a market. We're not as sure on them. They may have a market. Let's, um, you know, let's put in a little tender on them. And if nobody picks them up, nobody picks them up. And that lets you know, and that lets the agent know and your and the player know, you overvalued yourself, kid. You need to take this deal that we have on the table and let's take it now because there's already a deal on the table. Like, and I wish I would have brought this up with Mike two times. He's brought said this, he said in a podcast and in the, in the chat, but there's already a deal on the table. So 4 million is not the starting point. The starting point is the deal on the table. If you want a right. long-term deal now, they could turn down the long-term deal, but Hey, guess what? Titans can also rescind that tag, right? Like they can rescind it just as quick as uh, before they could sign it. Like that's how quick it could happen. Well, and, and if you look at, um, if you look at what the, both of these guys, I mean, they're obviously looking for, for TR Tart in particular is looking for a bigger payday. But if you look at where they both were like Aaron Brewer made, like we're talking like 600 grand, 700 grand, 800 grand, you know, like last year, TR Tart made 895, 780, 780,000 before that 300,000 before that a hundred thousand before that. All you know as a UDFA, he's made two point one. This would double his entire career earnings in one year just to even take the tender offer. So it, 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 that's a bet on himself. Should he take it now? If he does, and I think he, I, I think there's a, a pretty good chance Brewer definitely is here. I think there's a pretty good chance Tart is here because I don't know if anyone's going to overpay for him. But if you look and at the he front, he does seven, have Drew Rosenhaus working for him. So that's a that is a plus in his. That's why you have an agent because your agent can do a lot. And he has a powerhouse <laughs> agent. So let's package Arden Key sort of replacing Walker slash Dupree for now. Again, mm-hmm. for now, because the 11th overall pick is still there. Uh, Aziz Alshair, of course, who is um, 25 years old, 6'2", 230 pounds, uh, played 56 games in four years, 21 games started the last two years. Pretty team-friendly deal. Also feels like a replacement for David Long, but a, a larger player, <laughs> just physically a larger player. If you look at where this front seven is today, assuming Tart and assuming Simmons are we bet is this team better off today is it worse off is it does it need to be a folk more of a focus in the draft where are you with this front I, I think seven it's right better now? where I think it's better where their replacements are at right because like like we said Arden Key is the least available right I mean that that matters a lot he's a good player but at least he's available um and then you got Harold Landry coming back on the opposite side Rashad Weaver is depth um then you have in the middle, uh, Monty Rice, Zach Cunningham, Dylan Cole. They're all the same player to me, so there, there's no change there. But I think Aziz Alshair has a is at least with this defense and this defensive coordinator. I think that you're going to see in the playing time a just as good version, if not a little bit better, in pass protection because of his length and his athletic ability than David Long. And then I think that everything else in the front is the same. I mean, Danico Autry, Tierra Tart projected to be here. Even if he's not here, that's fine. Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary probably will be better because of the coaching change with Chris Harris. So yep. technically this defense, I feel like got a little bit better. And maybe it's not like some great big thing, but I think the pass rush is a little bit more dangerous than what it was last year, which then in turn puts takes pressure off your defensive corners and your defensive backs and you're asking a lot less of the guys in the back the safeties the and all that stuff because you're generating more pressure 
I, I think a full season of Key, Weaver, and Landry as a trio is better than Walker and Dupree, even if you got 17 games out of both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, I and that, and you don't, you don't do that. Um, also, here's the other thing with Tart and Walker to consider. Walker got a pretty nice payday, by the way, from Chicago. Um, why, why did he get that payday at his age? Because Mike Vrabel and the guys developed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is TR, TR Tart's pretty there's some pieces of his game that are not that's not coachable. He needs to get credit for some of that, but some of it's Mike Vrabel and the boys developing him, right? Uh, like RDP. he's a UDFA for a reason, right? I mean, like maybe he should have gone in the sixth or seventh round, but you're talking about a guy like right. sixth round pick, David Long. UDFA, Tier Tart. Though Demarcus Walker was just kind of like floating around in uh <laughs> in an in, in amenity. It's not good easy one. for good. me to say. I know what you mean. But, but basically, these guys are only getting paydays and getting recognized because of Mike Vrabel. And that's what I said about David Long. And I've been saying that for a while. Is that like, what are the chance? Now, he did go to a Vic Fangio defense here. So, like, I mean, he went to a good defensive coordinator. But he doesn't seem like a Vic linebacker. Like, I don't. The people who were so upset that he left, and I'm thinking it's just going to be like Jayon Brown. It's just going to be like Avery Williamson. They're just going to be guys that left, and you probably will never hear from them again. I, I mean, I've, I've stood next to all three of them. I did a radio show with Avery Williamson. I've stood next. By the way, Avery Williamson might have been bigger than all of them. Yeah, I think um, he was. I was next. I've, I've stood next to and talked to all three of those guys. And they've gotten progressively smaller. <laughs> yeah. Well, the and, last and, linebacker that left, everybody's like, whoa, this could be like when they let Steven Tullett go. But did that hurt anything, letting Steven Tullett go? No. And that was also like, what, like eight years ago? I mean, like, if that's the closest linebacker that you got is Steven Tullett, who went on to play for the Lions and played pretty well, I think you're doing all right with your linebacker assessment. So I'll show yours. Three, maybe four inches taller, uh, probably five, ten pounds heavier. Also, a San Francisco guy that that ran Carthon knows fully well. Both a very and good. He against, had a he had a part in drafting him. I've, I've read good, a lot of reports about that. Very good against the run, the way David Long was. So you're kind of doing a like for like swap there. Um, you know, not surprised that Long only went for eleven million bucks. I think that's maybe where fans are kind of going. Well, for a ten for for eleven million, we couldn't have kept him. Linebackers and, are the running backs of the the yes, for defensive yes. free agency. Like they they don't get paid a lot. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds got paid a shit ton. Yeah, yeah. He's also like a shit ton better player than David Long. Yeah. Yes, I think Davis for that price point, Walker for that price point. There's no reason to even try to yeah. mar- match those deals. Could you because middle linebacker is such a black hole right now? Because you don't like what's behind uh, Al Shair, uh, maybe you could make the case to to have some negotiations. They're not happy with what's it. behind them because there's reports that they are also pursuing Denzel Perryman as well. So, which dude, uh, dude, at his best is yeah one of the better players. And it, he would probably be in like a. I would say he has a chance to beat out Monty Rice and be next to Aziz Al Shair, but he could also be a rotational like Wesley Woodyard at the end of his career kind of player, like. You know, he's kind of in, he's in some downs, he's out some downs, he's in some downs, yeah, he's out yeah. some drives. Like, to me, that lets you, that should let everybody know that they are not satisfied with what is behind. They're either not satisfied with Monty Rice, or they're not satisfied with what's behind Monty Rice, or they're just not satisfied with the linebacker I, room as it sits, regardless of who it is next I, to Aziz Alshier. I don't know why you would be satisfied with that linebacker room. Um, I, how about this? Can you move draft strategy? I'm going to do, do draft strategy okay. now. I know we were, well, I know we were planning on doing something different, but I want to do draft strategy now because it plays into all the things we're talking about here. And I think the most important thing, and you said this, uh, I'm paraphrasing you. I'm not, I'm not quoting you, but I think all of this is like just foundational building block offseason stuff. This is just we've got these holes. I know these players. We've got some cap to work with. Let's start building the roster, filling in the small pieces piece by piece to make sure we know exactly what we're what we're what we're working with as we head into the draft. That we, we talked about this on the last episode that you and I did last Thursday. There's a lot of different depth at certain positions. Corner, offensive tackle could be in play at the first pick. Nothing has changed. Linebacker and guard could be in play with the 41st pick or tight end. Nothing has changed. I, in I don't fact, think any- it's less, I think it's like less predictable, right? I mean, like if you yes. look at every mock draft, like even my mock draft, it was like Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, Peter Skronsky, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just all Paris Johnson. Now, 
it's going to be a little bit less predictable. I mean, you 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 free yourself up to trade back, okay, and and not miss out on a top tier talent if Paris Johnson ends up leaving. Um, you don't feel the need. You you now are able to take best player available on the board. I mean, that's just pretty much what it boils down to. Is that like, if Paris Johnson is still there, there's a very damn good chance that they're going to take Paris Johnson. Andre Dillard is not going to prevent them from drafting Paris Johnson. Um, Aziz Alshir, if Jack Campbell's still there in the second round right. or they trade back, he's not going to prevent them from taking Jack Campbell. This the same is going to be made for any of these guys. Any edge rusher, top tier edge rusher, any cornerback. It, it's it basically like when you look at Christian Fulton and Roger McCurry, you could totally talk yourself into taking a cornerback at 11, right? Mm -hmm. None of these players the, changed that for the position they got signed. No, for. no. To me, what this, and I think you kind of, you've kind of already said it, and I'll just explain it the way I've thought about it in my head, which is they are no longer position desperate. That's it. That, that there were a few positions where you could argue they were desperate and needed to fill some holes. And that's why we focus so heavily on those positions at those draft slots. Now, do they still need a tight end? Yes, they absolutely still need a tight end. Do they, there's middle, another linebacker. Probably so another guard, probably so, but like they're, they're less desperate because they went out inside two potential starting offensive linemen and then tendered Aaron Brewer. They are just less position desperate along the offensive line, which therefore gives them more flexibility to do whatever they want to do at 11 and 41. The trade back now is a very real possibility. I still don't think receivers a possibility, but to me it's either zero effect or a net positive effect in that it allows for you to decide what you want to do and take the value where you see fit and be more flexible. So I, this is just filling needs and now you're less desperate. As yeah. Far as and, and that's what, that's what free agency is supposed to be, right? Like free agency is supposed to, Fill the obvious holes with veteran players that can at least buy you time while you draft young guys and develop them and get them ready. And if they're ready day one, great. If they're not ready day one and they you know, can only be rotational pieces like an edge rusher or a cornerback that switched out with Christian Fulton if he still happens to be on the team, like all that stuff. That's what the that's the proper way to do strategy. You should right. not go into the draft. With a glaring hole. Because, <laughs> unless, it's quarter, unless it's quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, but you have to have the number one overall pick, right? Like, that is that is the essentially the thing is, you know, they're at 11. They don't have the number one overall pick. Going to number three, I mean, I don't know where you're at now that, it, I mean, I have a hard time picturing First off, apparently the Colts are not sold on any. They're, they're, it's still going. The Colts are not sold on any quarterback, and their their words of Chris Ballard kind of alluded to that. And now you're hearing that again from people in uh, sources from inside the building that they're kind of like now talking about Lamar. They're they're bringing in Gardner Minshew. They're <laughs> not really sold on it. So like you don't have to worry about trading up to three necessarily to get there, but. You to me trading up to three, and I, we talked a little bit about this on Monday. Trading up to three means that you're okay, like you have said, with Anthony Richardson at worst, and you're hoping though that C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young crazily fall there. And but also, if you trade up, and let's say that you do not believe in Anthony or Richardson, then you are believing in Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Like or Will Anderson, pretty and, much at this and point. And Bijan Robinson, probably. Jalen Carter, Pro probably you trade up to three. To oh, if you're trading up to three back. for a running back, you I'm fucking, fucking with you. I'm fucking yeah, with you. Fuck, I'm fucking, fucking kill me. <laughs> um, but I think that that is what that says, right? Like that says that okay, at number three, it's either the quarterbacks or Will Anderson, and you have to be okay. Yeah, yeah. With um, trading draft capital for an edge rusher. Uh, and I don't uh, not in not this class not in this we'll, class yeah not in this class I, I still think Will Anderson is above and beyond the best one yes and maybe that does help you maybe getting Will Anderson with Arden Key Harold Landry that lets oh, you God, bring in I'm, Harold Landry you know bring him in slow Jeffrey Simmons my, my pants know, are I mean, like, my, no my no my pants are tighter just thinking yeah. about it but not not giving up all the draft capital right not good so like to me, this is where uh, that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah. 
I'm not really feeling that there's a trade up. I think that trading back is the best way to go. I mean, they're yep. obviously not going to be done with free agency. Yep. They're going to be yep. trink, uh, uh, reports will be, you know, slowly matriculating in. And uh, I will, we'll get some more players, fill some holes. And then we're going to look at this team and say, man, they put themselves in a really good position at the draft. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. It gives them a lot of flexibility with what they've done. Titanic's got a great question. A great question. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, of course, Kevin Byard is uh, rumors swirling about Kevin Byard. I do Byard have the video well. if you need that. So we'll get, oh, maybe we'll have to play that for everybody. So we'll do that in just a second. I want to tell everybody about the Kingston Group first, though. BuildKG.com is the website, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. If you are building a house, making renovations decisions about your house, selling your house, buying a house, any of those things, just talk to the Kingston Group first. Again, locally owned and operated here in Nashville for over a decade. They are award-winning, and they keep everything in-house. No general contractors outsourcing this to that job and this part of the job to somebody else. You can trust the entire process, all contained with one company. That is why they're award-winning, and it's why people in Nashville have trusted them for over a decade. BuildKG.com. That is the Kingston Group. Just remember the name. That's all I want, I want you to do is just remember the name, the Kingston Group, and an announcement coming up on Monday. Um, all right. Titanic says what, and this kind of goes into our next topic, which is sort of a glow up versus a, a, a blow up. And Kevin, Kevin, Byer, there's a, I think you're onto something here with how we're going to define blow up, but Titanic says, why does everyone think Titans will be worse than last year? Easier schedule, less injuries, good coach, better players don't get it. Now you've bought, you've kind of agreed with him for the better part of this conversation. Now, I'm not really answering your question, Titanic, so I apologize. But I am going to set you up to define blow-up. And while I think they are 65 70% of the way down the road of a quote-unquote rebuild, use whatever term you want to use, because you've changed coordinators, you've changed front office, you've let a lot of the big-name free agents or, or faces of the franchise go, if, if Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard, those three, how many of those three have to go for it to be considered a true blow up? Two. It has to be two. Uh, you know, when it was just considered Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, only one needed to go for me to be like, okay, maybe it is, but the still one either one of those players could still play you out of, and Mike Vrabel will coach you out of with these players out of the first round, uh, first overall pick. Like that's you know, they did a beef of the week on Music City Audible in for the uh, pharmacy, and Graver Justin Graver Titans filmer went on this big huge rant. The video's out now on uh, the Twitter and everything, and it was the most ridiculously mind numbing rant that I could ever come up with and see because it doesn't make sense at its core. Because at the core, Mike Vrabel would have to want to blow it all up and and lose games. Mike Vrabel would have to want to do that. And we have over 15 NFL years, probably closer to 20 if you want to include, I mean, it probably is 20. I guess what, he joined like 2004 or something? I don't know. Either, either way, over 15 years of data about Mike Vrabel as a person that's going to tell you that he does not want to lose a game. He will do everything in his power not to lose the game. Now, can he prevent it like we saw in the seven-game losing streak? No. Injuries. Dennis Daly. Um, just really close games. It's not because he did it on purpose, right? Like, the other stuff came out around it. This would have to go terribly bad, right? If, if it's Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Kevin Byard still on this team week one of the NFL season, yeah. There would have to be some people that lose limbs for them to go on a big losing streak and lose enough to get the first overall pick. Well, and whoever gets the first overall pick probably does not have a quarterback. No, and 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 normally what you would say is, well, what if the because because we know in the NFL every player is going to fight their their ass off to keep their job. So even if you're, right. but what you the way you get around that and avoid the the tanking thing in the NFL is you, as a general manager, you just put shitty players on the field. Now your response that I can already predict would be, but if that's what's happening, then Mike Vrabel has signed off on it as I believe what, what your response would be. But to that. Then, then, how do you sell that? Because like we've only seen really one team tank in a game. And that was uh, the Eagles game a couple of years ago where Frank Reich said a bunch of people and they just purposely was it Frank Reich. Oh, oh Doug crap. Peterson, Doug Peterson. 
They came up with a one-year deal for Nick Westbrook Aquino. I thought I was rid of his ass. All right, there we just go. Just got announced. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> oh my god! I think Nick, I think Nick I Westbrook Aquino is a wonderful fifth receiver. I, well, that's what he need. I guess you know he said, "I guess I'm gonna go test the market." And this picture of yeah, Nick Westbrook Aquino that, that they used that, that was not a long test. <laughs> uh, but this picture that they used uh, looks a little uh, photoshopped here. Um, oh. But um, to me, Talk, it's, I'm it's just like Nick Westberg Kine is just, I'm sick of it. Like, I was hoping that he would just be gone. And... Why do you not like him? He's a good player. No, he's not. I, I'm, I don't think he's a wide receiver one, two, or three, but he's a solid wide receiver four out or five. Out with the old in with the new. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. On, I, let's see. I'm, I disagree. He's, he's I nothing, disagree. Well, he's nothing that they want. <laughs> he's not. He's not versatile. <laughs> he's not violent and he's not fast. I, I think he's dependable. He's durable. He can play on special teams and he can fill in when all your other non-durable pieces get hurt. But again, no. we're talking, we're, if we're arguing about wide receiver five, then we're missing the, the problem here. His snaps need to reflect wide receiver five, even when people are healthy, because that's not what he's been. Even when people are healthy, his snaps have not reflected that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Got to do more. This does not count. I said they need three wide receivers. This does not count as one. No, I I agree. This this is this is the same guy who's already on the team. Like this doesn't count as a new a new face. Um, I can already know that my group chats are all blowing up because everybody hates Nick Westbrook. I know. I here's the thing: if Tannehill with Aaron Rodgers going potentially to the Jets, it feels like that deal is going to get done at some point. There is very little chance. We were already at a pretty low chance, but now we're at a very, very, very low chance that Ryan Tannehill is somewhere else. He is going to be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Whether they restructure the deal, extend it, extend it, whatever, doesn't matter. He's probably here. Could they still trade Derrick Henry? Absolutely. Could they still cut Kevin Byer, which were the, which are the rumors, of course, that have been floating around with some of the, the, the NFL reporters? Could he also extend his deal to change the cap hit and move it around? Um, I know you've got an example of, of another team doing Can I that. say uh, something real quick? And I yep. love Jim Wyatt. But every time he, they put out an article that says the Titans have agreed to terms with such and such player, he never has the numbers. None of his fucking articles ever have the numbers in them. And you know, he knows what the numbers are, could get that information. He, it, it's makes me fucking furious no, every time I click one of these articles. Here's what you know Jim Wyatt knows. When to not write some shit in an article, <laughs> Jim Wyatt. So I've talked to him about it. No, I have talked to him about it. He knows exactly where the line is, and nobody tells him what he can or can't write in, in the Titans facility. He just knows where he's not allowed to step. He knows. Why are they being secretive? It's going to come out anyway. Give me the fucking numbers. That's all I want. You just want to do numbers. it on the show. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I, if if the if if two, I think if if Derrick Henry is is gone and they do not restructure tan or they do not extend Tannehill, meaning that he's gone after next year right uh, to me that's still a blow up i still think it's a complete blow up of a generation of titans football which involved john robinson and taylor yeah, Lewan. I, mean, I agree with that but that's not that doesn't affect your roster like i mean you know what i'm saying like it's, it, it, it's, it could affect you going up to get a quarterback this year though if you know Tannehill is done after this year and you want Anthony Richardson, for example, or even in the second, Hendon Hooker or some shit, like whatever, like pick pick a name. If if you uh, attach a quarterback to this roster this year, knowing Tannehill's gone next year, that's part of the blow up process. It's just happening in the future. Yeah, I just that don't think it's a. With, I view blow up. I view a team that is like gutting every bit of their roster, and you, it's like what the Panthers did. I, the Panthers, the Panthers held they gutted yeah, a bunch of players, and they yeah. held on to Brian Burns, and they held on DJ Moore for a year, and then they traded DJ Moore. I, like that was it. I I don't like saying this out loud in a public forum, but Stony is correct. Uh, Stony is correct. It can be a glow up and a blow up at the same time. Uh, because you're right. If Tannehill is still here this year, they're going to be competitive. Right. And they're trying to compete to win the division, even though Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence are better. So than maybe there's a difference between a glow up, a blow up and a, and then, um, uh, we'll, we'll c- come up with something other than tank, but a tank. So like maybe there's, three oh, there's stages. yeah, there's no chance they're ever going to tank. Like it's, it's almost, it's hard to tank in the NFL. You can tank in other sports. It's hard to tank in the NFL. Um, but well, the I, Texans I, weren't even trying to tank, but they had their coach screw him out of that first round pick. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here's the deal. Like 
they are so far down the road of a rebuild, retool, reverb, re reorganize, whatever just you want to call it. It's up. just it's just an evolution. It's the next phase of Titans football. They are so de- far down the path of that that if they were to trade Henry and cut Bayard, it, it's a full blown new generation of Titans football. But that does not mean that they're not going to use the assets freed up from those moves to stay competitive. It to me, it's just the, it's just the turn and the churn of the NFL. Like that's all this is. It has to happen. You got to get younger, faster, cheaper at every position all the time. That's it. That's the name of the Except game. Except for wide receiver. Don't fucking talk about wide receiver two NWI. Don't talk about it. I'm just saying. And, and here's here's another narrative that I, I've I've hated and about this whole offseason is that uh, the tight you got to have veteran experience in the Titans locker room at wide receiver. Why? At, at that why at that position? I don't know. I, it, it's it, like you got to get a veteran wide receiver. You don't have veteran wide receiver. And like everybody's touting like when Nick Westbrook Kine wasn't tendered and they let him go. Everybody's like, man, he was a veteran presence for that locker room. Nick Westbrook Kine? Like, I, hello, let's take a step I, back and slow down here. I, I already miss the mountains of North yes. Carolina. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say if you have a if you have Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs as your two starting quarterbacks yeah. next year. I, it would be that's nice a, to have some veteran pass catchers, but yeah, that's, a, that's it. Would a different just be story. it would be it would be nice to uh, have a quarterback. Um, right, right. <laughs> as far as where I'm at on this seat check, nothing's changed until we see Ryan Tannehill at least two of the three, and hell, it may have to take. Uh, you may need to throw Jeffrey Simmons in there too, as and do two of the four. Until we see two of the four gone, I'm out on thinking that this is going to be a losing season, and that Vrabel is just going to like sit back and not do anything. Is that sort of how you're defining the the difference between the two? Is that glow up involved? Well, no, I already said. I just said okay. well, we'll have to find a different thing. The, to me, it's not a blow up. It's not a true blow up without at least three of those gone. I mean, like three of the four or two of the three. Yeah. Um, if they're truly trying to get assets, like you know, that's the thing. You have to trade them. Now, if you go and wait until June, and then you're like, I'm cutting Ryan Tannehill and getting Lamar Jackson. Yeah, well, that's still not a blow up. No, it's just a it's a it's the evolution. Yeah, it's all it's all it is. Now, if they had fired Mike Vrabel, that would be a a, a, a totally different conversation. But the head coach is still there. Um, what's next right here? What what what's next for this team? Who's next? What's the Kevin Byard is next? If you want to play the clip, oh well, let's play the clip then. Roll the tape, baby. In the secondary, Jesse Bates, who played on the franchise tag this past season, is now unrestricted. Jamel Dean is an interesting corner. James Bradbury, who we've talked about, he wants big money in free agency, as does Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who I thought was one of the kind of chess pieces for the Eagles defensive back group this past season here. Which of these corners do you think is the best option for a team to pursue? I think Chauncey Gardner, because he gives you some versatility. You know, Dean, D- Dean, he can get called for defensive holding almost every play. Plus that rush in Tampa really helped him, you yeah. know? So I'm, I'm Bradbury's his own corner for me. I mean, if somebody pays him, it's got to be the right system. It's all scheme fit for those guys. Right. So, and Jesse Bates is a good player, but to me, I think when, you know, Ket Dyer, the kid at Tennessee, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Byer, he's really, yeah. he's really a good player. They're trying to get him to take a pay cut. So would I sign Bates? If he doesn't take a pay cut, they're going to cut him. So if I sign Bates, Ooh. do I go after – I would rather have Byard than Bates. I think he's yeah. really a good player. So you got to kind of play that around a little bit. you got to wait. Oh, Kevin Byard. Wow, that's that's an interesting one because yeah, he's a former All-Pro. Like, he's, he's a heck he's of a, a player. He's a really good so. player, but they're trying to get him to take a pay cut. He doesn't want to do it. Now, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. Who's – you know, are they bluffing? Are they not bluffing? You know? Yeah. I mean, they got cap issues. I mean, that team's in a mess. That team's oh, yeah. in a mess. So, <laughs> well, it looks like uh, Zach is no longer with us. I'll say this: first I, I'm of all. here. I don't know what's <laughs> happened here, though. Uh, first and foremost, I will say this: the fact that uh, Michael Lombardi is a really good reporter. The fact that it always takes every single national person like four tries to get Kevin Byard's name right is just like he says all kinds of nice things about him, all kinds of wonderful, beautiful things about Kevin Byard, and he still they still can't. Oh, the kid in Tennessee. Like they still they still can't get the guy's name. Like the broadcast can't get it right. I I don't understand that part of it. Where where is Zach? <laughs> I, I'm here. I'm here. If you can hear me, can you hear me? I can. I, I got you. You keep talking, okay. big guy. Well, I mean, the, the problem is is that like it 
that was like 47 or 48 minutes into the thing. And he's trying to get to Vegas. Right. So like, he's trying to get to Vegas. So like, yeah, he almost, he, he was trying to say Kevin, but he didn't get to get to Kevin. You know, that's, you know, no big deal. No big deal. But anyway, you know, I've kind of been on this train for a while saying that, you know, they got to do something. And now listen, he even mentions that this is probably a ploy, that this is probably nothing and nothing to worry about and all that kind of crap, right? Like it's, it's a negotiating tactic, which I tend to agree because, I mean, surely they're not going to cut him if anything you would trade him. But Harrison Smith today, Ben Gosling on of the uh, Star Tribune said that Harrison Smith, who is staying in Minnesota, the Vikings reach a new agreement that will keep the safety with the team. The reason that this is important is because, like I've said, he's on an expensive contract, Kevin Byard, and a lot of people have pointed and talked to this Harrison Smith deal saying that this is the reason that safety deals are so out of whack. Yeah. And and he got his extension in 2016. Bayard got his in 27, no, 2018 or 2019, I think. So looking at this deal, here's where they're at. The cap hits for Harrison Smith, 2023, 19 million, 2024, 19 million, 2025, 22 million. And they know they have to change that. And they've changed it to try to keep him with the team. And that's what the Titans are doing. They're, they're trying to get him to change the parameters of the contract, of the bad contract that John Robinson created. And they're trying to make sure that they keep him here long term. And if they don't, they're going to have to figure something out because they they got to get out from underneath this contract. I, I agree. Now, I will say, and Titanic's already said this, is this the same guy who loved J-Rob and had a meltdown when he was fired, not buying it? Titans I, I don't know anything about Michael Lombardi. I mean, no, like he, a lot of people had meltdowns about J-Rob's. Yeah, yeah. He Well, here's what I'll say. He said Titans are, are not... He said the Titans are, are kind of in a mess. Now, I would not call it a mess, but I would call it a lot of moving pieces with a lot of future unknowns. They don't know what's the future is at quarterback, at running back, at safety. Simmons has got to be a contract re-signed. You got a new coordinator, new half your staff, and a new GM. It is absolutely a, a, a time of flux. Now, do we like all the moves they've made and the strategies and how they're doing it? So far, so good. But there's no, we, we haven't played any games yet. So there's no way to know. And they still have a lot of questions along the offensive line and the receiving core that, they, that we, we don't know if Tim Kelly's the answer at offensive coordinator. We just don't know. And so it is a bit of an unknown. And if you want to call it a giant mess, I don't really, I'm not going to take offense to that, to that point. I think Mike Vrabel is a very good housekeeper. <laughs> I think he can clean shit up pretty quickly. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. Um, is there, what's the next, is there any other big free agent move coming in your opinion? Like, is there a, is it just restructured the deal, save some money or is there something else coming at, I don't, there's nothing really on the wide receiver free agency. Is it a tight end? What are you thinking? Well, they need tight end. They need wide receiver for sure. They, and I think they still in this market, I think they need a third down or a complimentary running back. And I, I'm telling you, I would I was would have been all over him last year if they let him hit free agency. Uh, in fact, both these guys, I'd be all about Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, because you don't you don't miss out on a guy that can't run through between the tackles, but can pass block and give you something extra into the um, give you something extra when it comes to the passing game. So I like I'm all about. I know you could draft one too. I'm not sure where I land on Hassan Haskins. Like, I'm not giving up on him, but it's like Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath, and Jamarco Jones, Dylan Raidens. He's not a guy that you need to go in. He's got to have competition. You can't go in and just be like, okay, well, you know, eh, maybe Hassan Haskins will turn into something. It, to me, it's almost dictated on what you do with Henry, right? Like, if if, if Henry get, gets traded, then Dontrell Hilliard is not the guy you go sign. Right, right. You, you probably need a Damian Harris. Don type of, Hilliard type should not be the guy that you tie yourself to. No, no, no. But if you keep Henry, Regardless. then I. But if you keep Henry, then I like a guy like Hilliard. I bet you back, can get better than Hillard. I mean, I keep telling probably. you that. that I know is, probably. That's not probably. Probably, it's like statistically possible. <laughs> it's like it's like legit possible for that to happen. I like that nobody can see how angry you get at me right now. That's what I like because I'm sure you're making rolling your eyes at me a lot when I say things, and as as is the case, 
And I like that no one can see that right now. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to touch on this Georgia thing? Or is there anything else you want to add to the what's next? No, in- Christian Fulton, probably gone. Like, I, I put the chances of him being traded by, by the time the season, like, I'm fairly certain that he's going to be traded before it's all said and done. Summer, like, before the draft or before the season starts? I don't know. He's going to be traded. Here, right. I'll do before the season starts. Or listen, hey, I'm going to give myself all the way to the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal: like, it's not too early to start thinking about this. Danico Autry, Christian Fulton, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. There's guys that are going to be contracts that are going to be available to cut next year, so or move on from, or not resign, or those are all, you got to start thinking about those names now. Don't think that Rand Carthon's not planning for that, which of right. course he is. That's his job. Um, all right, since you're not available and you're not with us. <laughs> let's save this Georgia conversation because Jalen Carter's doing just weird shit. He's draft stock is plummeting. Uh, but there's a theory about Georgia defensive players um, that uh, we'll save to when people can see your face. How about that? Sound okay. good? Well, we'll do it on Monday. I don't we'll know. Do it on Monday. We'll along on with Monday. our special, along with our special announcement. So make sure you tune in on Monday. Of course, a football show across every platform. Turn on, turn on all of the notifications. Of course, uh, you got Twitter. You can see us on Twitter. You can listen to us on the podcast app. Of course, anywhere you get your podcast, YouTube, Facebook as well. Uh, we do appreciate the Kingston Group. Of course, our great and amazing sponsor. All you folks that have chimed in in the comments, we love talking with you guys. Follow them on Twitter at FWordsPod, uh, and of course the F- Football and Other Efforts podcast with Mike Herndon, as well as Mike Herndon's writings all over PaulKarski.com, which is also where you can hear the Paul Karski podcast a part of the 440 Sports Network, which is this here network right here. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. For Zach, I am Braden. This has been a football show.